the What to Read Next podcast helps you build a TBR of future favorite books. In each episode, Lori and Maine interviews authors and book influencers to recommend books they loved for you to pick up today. If you're an avid reader or always looking for your next great read, then the show's for Hi, Kat. Welcome to What to Read Next podcast. Hi, Laura. Thanks for having me. So happy to have you back. So tell us what you've been up to. So my my book that comes out in June is about um, it's two people who fall in love via blackmail letters, which is um, I I mean obviously you have to be pretty bad at like at both at like blackmailing and also being blackmailed in order for that to happen. But these these are like two disaster bisexuals who everything they do is just going wrong, and this is just part of it going wrong, and. Um, and basically they um one of them is like a self-styled robin hood type of figure who thinks he's doing crime for the right reasons and the other one is like a pretty uptight bossy um like she's she's currently sort of married to a duke but it turns out it's bigamous and so he's like you know what i'm gonna do as my good deed of the day is like blackmail blackmail some some rich people you know (laughs) and so he sends her a letter and she responds with like a really, really mean letter of his of her own. And it turns out that he just really can't resist mean women. And, you know, things go downhill from there. And she winds up needing to uh, flee from the law after she kills her sort of husband. And, um, you know, they had to go on a road trip like, like you do in romance novels. Like you do in a romance novel, just along with blackmailing, killing, yeah. <laughs> you know, murder and all the other fun stuff. I probably should have mentioned the title. That's the perfect crimes of Marion Hayes. Well, it is a perfect crime that she just said. So. <laughs> right. I mean, like, it had to be done. It had to be done. Yes. And her husband was horrible. So oh, like really not a nice guy. Someone had to kill him. He needed killing, you know. And Marion did it. (laughs) So what was the process of writing this book? Like, what was like, you know, did you have fun? Did you, was it a struggle? Like this book was probably written around the pandemic or, you know, so. um, Yes, it was very much a pandemic book. Like both this book and the prequel, which was on the uh, Queer Principles of Kit Web. Like they both were written entirely in the pandemic. And like, they both started out as like, when I pitched them, they had much harder edges than they wound up having. Like there was much more, um, you know, people deceiving one another and like maybe like enemies to lovers vibes, you know, when I pitched them. And then by the time I wrote them, like I don't, I didn't have any enthusiasm for anything other than people who are like ride or die into one another by like the 50% mark, at least, you know, like, like, and that's, like that's my like that's my comfort area in writing is people is people who fundamentally like one another and so the story definitely lost a lot of its harder edges and turned into something a lot softer like the like rob is is completely head over heels in love with marion like before the book really even begins you know um because she sent him all of these mean letters. Like he had no choice. He had to fall in love, right? And like, and she realizes that she's fond of him and is like, wait, she has too much going on in her life to really like think of and think in terms of lasting relationships, you know? But even she like knows some knows that this is a big deal by the 50% mark. Um, but yeah, everything I've written in the pandemic has been like progressively schmoopy, you know, like. <laughs> 
benefits. <laughs> but I think it's what we need as a reader because there's like cozy comfort with it. Like there's like, there's actually an adventure and there's stuff, but at the same time, it's like, it feels cozy. It feels like, oh, like it's a, it's a comfort read that we can actually have, you know? I, like, as a reader, I love reading about like somebody, somebody on the internet described it as like, just like the worst people you've ever met falling in love with one another. And like, I love that as a reader, right? But like, as a writer, it's just not, it's not in my wheelhouse, you know? Um, but I like both extremes, you know, like the like ultra soft and the like, and the like, maybe they're trying to murder one another. Maybe they're falling in love, like six of one, half a dozen of the other. Yeah. Oh, so good. Um, and I know you're writing, what are you working next? So you're writing something in 1950s, right? Or yeah, yeah. You're um, away from the, to the 20th century. Yeah. I, um, I, I wrote it in um, like last November. I was, I was in a really, like I, I had finished, you know, I had turned in my revision, my revisions for um, Perfect Crimes. I didn't really have any, I hadn't pitched anything to my publisher yet. Right. And, and I knew I needed to do that soon, but also it was November. And so I was like, I'm going to take advantage of NaNoWriMo and I'm just going to write something that is probably a really bad idea. I'm just going to do it. I have a month and then December, I'm going to be a grown up and like write something that I can pitch. Okay. And so I hammered out the, this book that was like, it's basically, it's a, again, friends to lovers. Like, here we go with like more schmoopy stuff, right? Um, in a newspaper in the late 1950s at, in New York City. And I wrote it. I basically wrote the whole book in, in November, like, you know, like a garbage draft, but the book was done and I was able to pull it. And I said, I, I emailed my agent and said like, okay, look, like we both know like this is like not a comfortable area for historical romance, right? But like, what if I accidentally wrote a book? <laughs> like, like, what if I tripped and fell on my keyboard and like now we have a book? And she was like, of course, like, of course, we'll, we're, we're going to find a home for the book. Don't worry. And so, and, and I was, and Avon wanted it. So like, that's fantastic because I have a really good working relationship with Avon. And so that you know, like that's, and I'm really glad to see that historical romance maybe can, can like move beyond the places where we've seen it already, right? Like that's really exciting for me as a reader too, because like now maybe more people will write, will write books that take place in like weirder time periods, you know? Well, I think it's like, it's, it's the 20th century. I know it was so long ago, but it wasn't so long ago, but it's like, but I think it's like fun to look at it. Cause we look back and like, oh, 1950 was just like 20 years ago. I'm like, no, it's been like so many years, you know? I know. <laughs> I mean, like my kids who are teenagers, okay, like they earnestly, like totally, see, not to troll me, they're like, well, that happened in the 1900s. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. and, like, like the first time they did, I totally thought they were just like making fun of me. But like, no, like that is like, that's a long time ago for them. Yeah. And you know what? Like, they're not that much younger than like the audience that, you know, like you would expect to be going to a bookstore and picking up adult romance you know yep. so and it's also like there's so many there's so many television shows and movies that take place in the middle of the 1900s that yeah it is like kind of like a weird dead area for books there just aren't that many they so are like, it's either world war two yep, <laughs> yep. or we move to anything else where we're to cold war maybe cold war will have some stuff but yep. other than that, it's all spies it's like literally all spies you know? yeah i'm like there's so much to be said about like women's rights like you know 
queer representation, like, like mind-boggling, like things that happened in the 1900s that we can go, go back. So I can't wait to when, when we had 1980s books and it was like historical yeah. romance. You know? There are like, and the thing is like, I've seen, like I've independently published especially queer romance like I've seen in like I've seen 80s I've seen 90 90s which is really like that's that's a blast. I was like 20 years ago but yeah I- like <laughs> like I, I was joking like I could write a historical romance in the 90s like I'm a primary source like I could totally do that like and that's really like I don't think yeah. I don't think I want to think about that you know <laughs> um but like but but it's but to see like mainstream publishing um, do that especially like for adult top for adult titles like for YA seeing stuff that's published that that takes place in the 90s and the 80s is that's happened like we get that you know and even that really is historical for that audience you know and I, I totally valid you know but for, for the yeah. adult market I'm like I I want more of that because I'm like I it's it's not the history because we don't even get that history in the in class like no in, we don't care about that we're like oh it just happened like not that long ago so you don't learn about that so yeah. it's fun to be like exploring those those time periods because there's like so much happening you know and that said the stone like said they what do we live now like how things are the way they are now you know so and see it's, it's like how we got here you know yeah. like how, how did we get to this place <laughs> you know? yeah yeah like how the hell do we get to this yeah. place you know things that happened 70 years ago or 60 years ago are like and now we're like everything's recycled like honestly like 100 years ago we had a pandemic we had a recession we had all this different inflation and all the stuff and we're just recycling the same things you know in 2022 so yeah yeah so I hope that that's going to give you more opportunities to write more historical romance, to have more fun with it and more flexibility, you know? So awesome. Me too. Yeah. So let's chat some book recommendations. Do you have any books to recommend our listeners to pick up? I do. Um, okay. So I put together a list of books that are about magical libraries and or magical librarians because there's so many. Like, because once I started listing once I started listing them, I realized there were like 50 more. And so I had to like narrow my scope down, like and take out the dystopian librarians. Do you know what I mean? Like, okay. So this is only magical libraries, librarians. Okay. So the first one is um, Alice Six by Olivia Blake. Okay. And she's an author who I am. I know, I know her work from fanfic. Okay. Like from fanfic in the fandom that we don't talk about. Okay. (laughs) And um, yeah. Yeah. and like I know her from like, like literally a 300,000 word fic she wrote for like my least favorite pairing in the world and yet I read it in like two days it was like completely like like I was obsessed okay like I was at one of my kids music rehe- music recitals like thinking to myself like what if I read fanfic on my phone while this is happening and I was like no cat no like that's really bad mom territory you know but anyway so I knew that she could if she could make me care about that situation I could read any, you know what I mean? Like anything. Right. And sure enough, like I was sucked into this entire world that she made where you've got like a bunch of people who seem like smart, intelligent people, but they're making like truly horrible life choices because they've been given access to um, what they're told is the library of Alexandria, which has not been lost, but it has been hidden and it, it contains like all kinds of arcane knowledge. 
So they go and they basically lock themselves up in a year to presumably do terrible things to one another or whatever and um, have horrible things happen to them because they get access to this knowledge. And like, there's a bazillion point of view characters in this book. Like it's wacky and sprawling and it's all over the place. And I think I read it in like 18 hours, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Like, like totally, it was that kind of like, like where like you don't want to, like you're brushing your teeth, but you're still reading. You know, like that kind of, which is, which is like, that's, that's the like high that I'm always chasing after, you know? Um, And the other, like in a totally, the next one in a totally different, a totally different style is the Midnight Library by Matt Haig, which got a whole bunch of attention a couple of years ago from like, and like, and I'm always skeptical when like my mom likes the book, but also the internet likes the book. Like, I don't know, like, I don't want to read it now because because like what is this right like I I can't please everybody but now I loved it I cried like seven times it was like really embarrassing and so the premise is that like there exists a library where alternate versions of your life exist okay Mm -hmm. and so the main character is in a really horrible place at the beginning of the book and then wakes up in some kind of you know like pocket universe where where they're um like middle school librarian or something is there like saying look these the books on these shelves contain versions of your life like if you had made a different choice like in a sliding doors type of situation right then this is the life you would like that this is the life you would live and the rest of the book is them going through all of these different situations in order to figure out what kind of life they really want to live and like it is like for anyone who's like had that like that like, oh, if only I had just done this one other thing or like, or like, what if, oh my God, like, what if I hadn't done this thing? And like, then where would I be? Right. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like I met my kid's dad in like a supermarket, you know, like, and so like, what, like, what if I hadn't gone to that supermarket? You know what I mean? Like, that's like, that's, that's like a, you know, like you could have that kind of horrifying. And so like that, I think is something everyone's thought about. And so it's, it's like, a creepy good or creepy bad feeling to really investigate that for the duration of a book, right? Yeah. Um, and then I've got a marvel a marvelous light by Freya Marksy. Okay. And I'm realizing that I have read her name a million times and I don't know how to pronounce it. So I should probably figure that out. Um, it's the first in a series. It is like um fantasy romance, historical fantasy romance. Uh it's like a really large, good-natured himbo plus a really prickly reserved librarian slash archivist. And they have to solve like magical mysteries together. Like that's all, you know, you don't need to hear anymore. It's like himbo plus I had to make a tag in my book spreadsheet. That's just himbo slash librarian just for this, because like that is, you know what, like that's the dynamic I want more of. I want more of that. (laughs) Yeah. Like it's perfect. Yes. Um, and then I have this tiny bit of a stretch is In Other Lands by Sarah Reese Brennan, which is one of my favorite comfort reads. And I think I've read it like four times since March 2020. OK, and it's basically it's your it's like your the, the classic situation where like a couple of select children from our universe are chosen to go to a magical school in another realm, you know, except the twist here is that the, our main character, Elliot, 
is super skeptical about this from the beginning. Like, why are we human trafficking children to like go to another world and like be child soldiers? Like, this is all super, this is all super fishy, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and they all like, why do they all want to fight wars when instead Elliot can go hang out in the library and come with come up with clever diplomatic solutions to everybody's problems? And he's such a jerk and he's such a mess. And he's a kid at the beginning, you know? And he's like, he's that kid that like nobody can stand in school you know what I mean like like they like it and it's so but as an adult it's so lovely to see like this kid come into his own and also just be like a giant dork and read all of the books in like the creepy magic school library so anyway those those are four magic librarian books that I (laughs) that I loved I love these recommendations all of them are unique enough like if you're thinking for librarians but you have some good adjective reads you have some himbos you have some like sliding doors so there's a little bit of everything and it's funny enough that that's how publishing has been working with giving us magic librarians you know and there's so many more like this is yeah. wild like who knew this was like a mini trope you know I had not thought of this yeah until you realize and then you're like I need more of these books and then you're like oh there's more and more and more so yeah. <laughs> awesome so um Kat tell us where you can find you online I am um, on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Kat S. Writes. And my website is katsebastian.com. Thank you, Kat, for being on the show. Thank you so much, Laura. If you enjoyed this podcast, feel free to share with friends, subscribe, rate, and review the show. This is the easiest way to support the podcast. For a list of books mentioned and other romance recommendations, please visit whatyourneckblog.com. Did you know you can purchase audiobooks directly from your favorite local bookstore? With LibreFM, you can pick up more than 250,000 audiobooks, including bestsellers and recommendations from real booksellers. You'll get the same audiobooks at the same price as the largest audiobook company, you know the name, but you'll be part of a different story, one that supports the local community. If you're new to audiobooks, they're the perfect way to squeeze more reading into your busy life. Listen with the free LibreFM app while you do your chores, walk the dog, relax at home. If you already love audiobooks and don't know what to listen next, check out recommendations from people who know the best booksellers. The Watch Your Next podcast has a special offer for our listeners. Get two audiobooks on LibreFM for the price of one with your first month membership. Use code WATCHYOURREADNEXT. The offer is valid only for new members in Canada and the U.S. The Watch Your Next podcast is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. Please visit frolic.media slash podcast to discover new shows to tune in. Thank you so much for listening and have a great day.